All right, number one thing. What would you say the number one thing for success or failure in making it through an Ironman would be? Don't miss the long stuff. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Couches on Gouches. Bing slouches. I'm 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 not slouching so much. I'm always slouching. <clears throat> so today, guys and gals, we're going to talk about what it takes. There's a lot of there's a lot of excitement around possibly having a uh, an Ironman in Memphis, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Absolutely. It'd be huge for the city, for sure. So they're talking about making the decision June 10th. So we're going to talk today about what it takes to actually finish. We're talking about finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it takes to finish an Ironman triathlon. Yeah. Yeah. The main goal here is like give people a, an idea of what's going to go in, what that process looks like, yep. how much time it should take, how you should be, you know, kind of how many workouts you should be doing each week. Yep. Um, yeah, it should be good. So it's probably giving you quite a few people that are like trying to come off a couch into hey, an Ironman. If we Man, get it, there's going to be some people it. that are uh, hit that hit that sign up button. Mm-hmm. So I'm Coach Dale Sanford, and I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are the co-founders of BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their athletic performance. Every BPC coach is trained in our five pillars coaching system that has been developed over the last decade through our work with athletes of all ages and ability levels from fresh off the couch to world championship competitors. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com, checking Facebook and YouTube at buildpeakcompete, and don't forget about that Instagram at BPC performance. Booyah. One word. Yeah, one word. <laughs> all right, so we're going to get to all this uh, iron information, mm-hmm. but first, shout-outs. Got to do the shout-outs. Yep. We don't, we don't have quite the list we had last week. But... Last week was probably going to be one of the longest of the year. Yeah. So first shout-out, uh, Stacy Chick goes to the, uh, the Mountain to Beach Marathon, gets another BQ. Mm-hmm. To... And I believe a PR, right? I think so. Yeah, three thirty-one ish. Yep. I think was solid. Time. Solid day. Solid. Um, Heather Nichols mm-hmm. at the uh, the uh, Renaissance Crits, the Renaissance Crits in Tupelo, uh, was first on Saturday and third on Sunday in the women's four or five field. Top step of the podium. And also then, at the Renaissance Crit, Adam Ferroni, uh, yep. second and third uh, Saturday and Sunday respectively in the Cat Four ranks. Yep. And then Anya Debellic. She did the uh, the Coeur d'Alene half marathon. Oh, nice! Beautiful area. Yeah, Coeur d'Alene. You got anything? Also, in a spot for an Ironman, right? Yep, Ironman Let's... Coeur d'Alene. Yep. Uh, those are mine. I got I got a good luck. I want to shoot out there to uh, our folks that are doing the Dirty Kanza two hundred yep. DK. And uh, Hart Robinson's like, hey, I love single speed so much, or I hate shifting so much. Uh, I'm just gonna go single speed. For Nobody 200 needs miles gears. on the gravel road. So uh, those guys are ready. So I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes. It's a long day. And it's one of those things that like anytime you're doing something that long, same with Ironman, you almost have to expect there to be, you know, the highs, the lows throughout mm-hmm. the race, 
bad things, you know, can and generally will happen. And it's kind of how you deal with that and, and going into it with the right mindset. So you're going into the unknown. Exactly. Yeah. And it's part of the reason why you do it, right? Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's kind of dive into this. Um, Dale, why don't you, like, for those who have no clue, they've, everyone's probably heard of what an Ironman is, but people probably don't know, really know what the, the details uh, are of that. So kind of break down what an Ironman is, first yeah, off. An Ironman triathlon is just a specific distance of triathlon. It's a 2.4-mile swim, uh, a 112-mile bike, and then a marathon, 26.2 miles running. Uh, do them in succession. There, there are a couple races. There's one Chattanooga, for for instance, is the course started out at 114 mile bike, and it's just stayed that way. Um, but they kind of offset it because they have a downriver swim, so it's uh, net time yeah, is yeah. net time semi similar. Yeah, yeah. So very long day. We're talking um, the fastest of the fast go under eight hours, and then you know you have a 17 hour cutoff. Which is nuts because there's some people that going sub seven just on the bike leg is yes. can be a challenge. Yeah. So yeah. those that are doing the whole thing in sub seven, yeah, it brings out it brings out a big, wide variety of 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 people and fitness levels. Yeah. So yeah, that's crazy. So a big day. So, um, you know, in preparing for that, like the preparation, obviously for a uh experienced athlete and a new athlete completely completely different mm -hmm. so uh for for new people who get into the who maybe aren't even in triathlon um you know this is a easily a 10 to 12 month process yep. um you've got to start somewhere and if you're coming from not doing much <clears throat> then you need to like uh give yourself as much time as possible Oh, that's, and that's, I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they say, Hey, I want to do this and pick one that's six months away. Yeah. And it's very tough because it is a super long day. Cutoffs, what, 18? 17 hours. 17 yeah. hours. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of these people, if you're planning on 17 hours of constant forward movement, yep. I mean, that's a big stress on the body that you have to prep the body for. Yep. So if you've been in the sport a while, maybe you've done a half before, half, half iron. Um, experienced triathletes can, can, you know, prepare in six to eight months. Um, that's typical, you know, mm. obviously give yourself as long as you can, but, but that's just typical yep. for, for duration of training. Excellent. Um, so kind of like, let's sort of dive into, so that's sort of like the, the very general on how much time you should sort of pick, uh, an event out, but let's sort of dive into like, what would a, what would a week look like? Uh, for an athlete who was who was going to be doing this, yeah, ideally you'll progress yourself into three bikes, three swims, three runs. Um, you know that can be an average of like eleven to fifteen hours a week, mm -hmm. um, and then you know on a minimum basis, I would say you're doing two swims, two to three bikes, two to three runs. Obviously, the bike is the one that even though we may be biased because we're very bike centered. Yeah. But, um, but the bike is the longest part of the race and mm -hmm. your bike fitness determines your ability to run. Mm -hmm. So, um, we, we kind of, we don't really let people get off without doing the three bikes a week. That's yep. a priority. Um, 
So, and that's one of those where, especially if you're a, more of a beginner and aren't really used to handling the training stress as much as someone else, that's, you know, spending time on the bike, you can push volume out a little faster on that than you could on the run. Yeah. So spending that extra day on the bike uh, is still going to benefit you aerobically for the other events, but it's not going to beat your body up nearly as much as you'd have, you know, trying to do three or four runs. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're new to it, mm -hmm. you, you, you kind of, you've got to, you've got to do the long stuff, but, um, you're also trying to balance like what your body can handle. Your body's not, hasn't been prepared to handle large workloads. Um, y y putting yourself through three, three big runs a week mm -hmm. for some people is just not going to, not yeah. going to work out. You'll end up with something. That's why it's kind of why there's like a big um, percentage of people that don't end up going and doing these races is because they push themselves into this too quickly and end up hurting themselves. Yeah. So um, it has to be progressed. It's not like you're going to jump straight into doing 11 to 15 hours of training. I mean, the progression, if you're brand new to this, the progression just into that volume can easily take six months. Yeah. You know, so um, it's a long it's a long process. Give mm -hmm. yourself time. Yeah. The, the, the longer out you pick, the more patient you can be and the less yeah. risk of injury comes. And yeah. that's really kind of the big thing, right? And Balancing stress you... and recovery so you right. improve and don't get hurt. And the longer you have to work on things, uh, maybe your limiters, your big limiters, mm -hmm. uh, technique, um, those type of things that are going to help you a ton once you you have no choice but to start building volume. Yeah. To, to make sure that you're garnering all the fatigue resistance you can for this this one big day. So if we're looking at like an average of 11 to 15, what would you say is like the absolute least or maybe the absolute least you've seen uh, from an athlete? Uh, Any ballpark there? Someone said, no, I can't do 15, but I could do 10. <laughs> I mean, I've seen people do it on 10 to 13 mm -hmm. average, but they still got in like the big bigger week so in, in that bigger week so let's talk highest highest volume total um usually is around 15 to 20 hours and that's still a big range um i think on my first iron man i think i i don't think i cracked 16 hours in a week yeah but i still managed to get in on specific weeks still managed to get in that 100 mile yeah, bike six hour and like a 18 the, mile run and yeah and stuff like that so those were just split up not done in the same week mm -hmm. uh so it kind of brought weekly volume down but i you know they were still put in there and that's yeah. and that happens a lot with new people is you can get the long run in the longest run in just not on the same week as the longest bike which yeah. is not usually the best plan anyways mm -hmm. um yeah, just kind of like a side note here. This is not, you know, we had Seth in here who's a pro triathlete who's doing 30-hour weeks. Yeah. We're talking about people who are more of a time-crunched athlete. Yeah, you got real responsibilities. Exactly. Family job, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so as we're running through this, keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, highest volume, 15 to 20 hours. I've personally never done a 20-hour training week for an Ironman. I think the largest I ever got was 18, maybe. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so um, a lot of our athletes rarely crack 18 hours just because things happen. 
Yeah. You know, we might be shooting for that, mm-hmm. you know, when in long-term planning, but um, you don't have to do an 18-hour week to to finish an Ironman. Yep. Um, and those longest days can be split between several weeks, so you're never having to do, like, a massive, massive week. Mm-hmm. Um, so... <clears throat> And a lot of this is you're prepping the body clearly, but also, you know, mentally just gaining that confidence, knowing sure. that you can put in a hundred mile ride yeah, or a six hour day on the bike or a, you know, you can get through an 18 mile run. So there's, you know, that psychological aspect in this, in the endurance sports in general. I mean, so much is mental yep. and I would say, I mean, I, w- I won't say anybody could do an Ironman. Um, it takes a lot of dedication for sure. And you got to do the training, but you know, mentally, if you're in it mentally and you keep that constant forward uh, momentum going on race day, I mean, if, if your mind's in it, people can accomplish great things. It's a big sure. challenge, but you know, for those on the fence saying, Oh, I could never do it. I would encourage you to, uh, oh, yeah. to it, get your mind right. And you know, there's with a, with a good plan, you can do it. Yeah. With, if you can manage the, like I always, if you can manage to get in the long stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the proper progression, if you can manage to get in the long stuff, you'll be fine. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, longest longest uh, run usually for for most people is sixteen to twenty miles. Yep. Two to three hour type time frame there. Longest bike usually a hundred to one hundred twenty miles. Um, five to seven hours on the bike uh, for your longest days. And now if you're experienced or you're, you know, even if you're not experienced in ultra distance, if you're experienced, then you, you might end up doing multiple hundred mile rides or, yep. you know, something like that and multiple, you know, two to three hour runs. And that's just solidifying that big base of fatigue resistance. But for most new people who are just doing a consistent progression from mm-hmm. start to finish, um, you know, those that progression is going to happen little by little week after week, you know, and then when you get to those big volume weeks, um, you know, you're already pretty prepared to pull those off, yep. you know? So it, it's not like, you know, I, I think people get intimidated by the fact that I'm doing this, 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 but I'm never going to actually do that day in training. Yeah. The, like, yep. you know, and they're like, so how am I going to pull this off? Yeah. Well, the truth is what we do is we simulate accumulated fatigue of that one day over several weeks. So yep. like when we get into like a big, huge, when we get into the mega volume, kind of what we referred to, when we get into mega volume, um, you're going to be doing your longest bike, your longest run, and probably your longest swim in like maybe a three-week block. Mm-hmm. And so over that three weeks, you're going to get rest, but you're still going to accumulate a lot of fatigue. Yep. So by the... By the end of that third week, the run that you experience at the end of that third week is going to feel a heck of a lot like you're going to feel on race day when you get done with that 112-mile bike ride. Exactly. So the biggest thing we, we say is trust your training. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you work and go toward accumulated fatigue and not just worry about, oh, I got to get in. 112 mile ride. X I got to get in yeah. a, a 4,000 yard mm-hmm. swim. I got to get in a, a marathon run. <clears throat> you don't have to do any of that stuff prior to uh, a full Ironman. You don't have to run a marathon before yeah. a full Ironman. You don't have to, 
even do a half Ironman before a full Ironman. And sometimes doing that stuff within your build inhibits your training or sets you back because you have to take such large recovery yeah, after those things. That's what I was going to touch on. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned distance and you also mentioned time ranges, right? Yep. So if you take someone who's not as fast of a runner, you know, we've coached some, some super fast runners and we've coached some runners who aren't as fast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, someone who's running, say, 13-minute miles, sending them out and saying, hey, you know, you need to knock out 20 miles, that's going to be a big day on the yeah. feet. So touch a little bit on, you know, time, and, and we don't want to get too far off the track here, but uh, time versus the mileage. Yeah, for, for anybody who's new to, pretty new to long course, we always have them trained by time. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, your body knows how long you've been out there. It doesn't know how many miles you've been. And, you know, uh, 20 miles for one person can easily be an hour different than 20 miles for another person. Mm -hmm. And, um, but the fatigue factor. Yeah. The the fatigue you're accumulating during that training session is pretty similar. Three hours for three hours. Um, so, I, you know, your body knows time. It doesn't really know distance. So, um, more experienced athletes, we can work on specific distance because they've been there. They've done that. Like, um, and we kind of already know how long it's going to take them anyways. Mm -hmm. So, but if you're new to it, highly recommend just going on time. And Uh, probably not pushing much more than three hours on that run. No. Uh, you know, especially if you're doing all the other training in conjunction with it. Yeah, no, that's that a, will set you back uh, big time. I don't think I've ever given anybody over three hours on the run for their first Ironman ever. Yeah. Unless I knew that they were like, they would freak out if they didn't get a little bit closer to like 20 miles. Yeah. And that's where it's yeah. kind of that blend, right? Of the, <laughs> of the yeah. psychology uh, and, and the confidence that the athlete needs to yeah. know they can do it. Versus the actual training stress uh, that you're putting on the athlete. And it's the same thing with like the swimming. Swimming is most people's like big worry. Mm-hmm. And so... Because of sharks, right? Yeah, because of sharks and mm-hmm. jellyfish and other sea creatures, Oof. sea anemones. Sea, and, sea horses. <laughs> they look all... <laughs> uh, but um, I like, I'm not a huge fan of just sending somebody and just doing, telling them they have to do a 4,000 yard straight swim. Mm-hmm. But for a lot of people, like that's their... When they complete that 4,000 straight swim, it takes all the anxiety out of race day for them because they know they can finish 4,000 yards. And that is the one of the three that's like, like doing, like, you don't, like, you're, you can do the 4,000 any given day, really. Yeah. Like, and it's not going to necessarily set you back uh, just because swimming is so, so low impact. But mm-hmm. so we use, I mean, uh, Every once in a while, I'll give somebody a, a four thousand straight if they're new to it, just for them to say, "Yeah, done. I've, I'm through that. Not yeah. worrying about the swim." Excellent. Now, what about like as far as you know, throwing brick workouts together? For those not familiar with what a brick is, a brick's where you, you essentially combine two of the disciplines together. Most traditionally, yeah, bike run. Yeah, yeah. So most most people consider bricks as bike run. They're you know. I would love to give more people like swim bike bricks. It's just very hard to pull off. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but a uh, in an iron distance training, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of bricks. Um, 
they come at a pretty high cost and um, I, I like to refer to them as just long transition runs. So you just, you are running off the bike, but it's all, you know, it's pretty much, there's not a lot of work involved. It's just pretty, pretty much marathon pace off the, off the bike. And I don't ever do it off the longest bike. Uh, you know, that's a big day for somebody right there. Yep. Um, but again, I mean, if it's, if it comes down to the athlete's mental state, they just feel better about knowing they can do long run off a long bike. Mm-hmm. I'll set it up for them. But the longest brick I ever give anybody is like 80 miles and and 60 miles. Now, the 80 miles will have work in it. 80 miles and 60 or six? Sorry, six. Sorry, yeah, my bad. It's like, yeah. Dale, going yeah, all in. Yeah. 80, <laughs> miles, 80 miles with some work on the bike yep. and then six miles off the bike. Um. You know, and that's that six miles is meant to lock in marathon pace off the bike in an Ironman. Essentially, go pace. Yeah, not yeah. to not to go faster, not to slog it out, but just to lock that pace in, know what it feels like, mm-hmm. and even work on your your nutrition and hydration uh, post kind of uh, long bike. Okay, cool. Um, All right, so kind of talk about this uh, as far as tips to help a person either structure their program or, uh, you know, what to do around those high volume weeks. Are yeah. there any strategies the that, big you, thing that is, you use? Yeah. You can't like, like of all the things in a Ironman program, you can't miss the long stuff. Yeah. You can't fake fatigue resistance or you're going to be, you know, crawling across the finish line or maybe not even make it. Um, your body has to be prepared. So, um, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest thing really is, um, planning ahead. You have to plan ahead. Um, and so whenever we do a program, we go to race day and we work backwards and we, we post those biggest weeks where they're going to be way in advance. And then even do some of the, like the progressions for the longest bike, longest run, longest, you know, everything. And so the athlete, even though everything else is not necessarily laid out for them, from start to finish, those are already in there. Mm-hmm. So they know this time of the year, this week's, these are the weeks that I need to like be prepared to do these massive volume weekends or whatever. Um, and that way you can plan ahead with your family. Exactly. I, was uh, I mean, that. Yeah. The, the family is the huge part for a lot of people. Uh, you know, this is, this is a commitment uh, to doing these types of races. So you really, you really, have to get your family on board on the front end. Oh, for sure. Or it could be your last. Yep. I mean, it, it is it is daunting. So. Yeah, it's a sacrifice for you, but it's also a sacrifice for your family. Yeah. Well, I mean, sacrifice maybe a. I mean, here and there. You, yes, you have to give and take. Um, but integrating your family as much into the process as possible is is key. Now there are some fa- families where both husband and wife, uh, will do, do some racing. It makes it a little easier, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> to talk through, uh, and, and kind of plan ahead on those things. But, um, you know, just, you know, sometimes people will take time off work. Like, I was, yeah, I was going to ask uh, as far as like planning vacations. So yeah. Take a Friday off about work. And... Uh, so you can kind of get in some of the longer stuff on Friday or. Do you just... recommend just like playing sick from work? Yeah. Absolutely. Like just Take calling a sick, a sick day. day and then 
Yeah, take a sick day instead of a vacation day. <laughs> you need the vacation day for after the and Iron then Man. post all about it on uh, on your social yeah. media accounts so your boss knows. Yeah, I recommend a social media blackout on any day you take uh, as a sick day. We'll call them mental health days. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, talk with the family. Plan ahead is the biggest one by far. Uh, knowing when those big days are coming, um, just on the on those days, like you have to make sure that you get up early, get that workout in, and uh, be prepared to go to bed on time. Because when you hit when you hit mega volume, you're going to want to sleep a lot, and you're going to want to eat everything in your house. So uh, making sure your nutrition is on point, hydration is on point, um, and then you know. Get the get good food in the house prepared for post uh, exactly. post workout. Yeah, really focus but on your recovery. That goes back to that planning ahead. I mean, if you know when they're coming, you know how to prepare for it. Like that's the easiest way to make sure that these biggest weeks happen. Yep. So, uh, what about as far as camps? There's quite a few camps out there. We're actually gonna be putting a camp on. Yeah, yeah. So a camp like a, a training camp, setting up your own training camp can even be a, mm -hmm. a good way to do it. Like we talked about, you know, take that sick day. Obviously. And then go. <laughs> I'm getting ill. Started on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not feeling so hot. Not feeling good. Take that sick day and then, uh, you know, find a place to, you know, post up for the weekend. Sometimes, sometimes it's easier to get this stuff in when you're not in your normal zone like having to, to, you know, to do, come back and do family stuff immediately. And, yep. you know, like having the honey-do lists and all that stuff, you just talk it out with the fam first. Mm -hmm. Say, I'm going to do this, you know, if there might be a training camp, like like Brian said, we're, we're working actually, this is kind of the first rule that it'll be out there, but we're working on a, a long course specific training camp for the late season long course races. So yep. Chattanooga. Louisville, Florida, uh, so a lot of the late season, I guess seventy point three. So we're gonna we're gonna gear it toward seventy point three in iron distance uh, racing. It's so it's gonna be early September. Um, so that's something that you can do to make sure that you like one. Uh, there's some fun involved in that training. Fun, other you, people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> social social aspect is there, mm -hmm. um, and then you know it's also good to have like the SAG support in case something happens, you know, and that can get you back rolling so that a stupid thing like a flat tire doesn't ruin your entire big training weekend. Mm -hmm. Or like you forgetting your nutrition doesn't blow out a whole, you know, long ride day. So yep. uh, camps are a great way to to make sure that you get in those massive, massive training weeks. And they're really like, there's, they're all over the country, really. I mean, people are putting on long course camps all over the place. Yep. Um, you know, timing, timing wise for that, you know, we've sort of patterned the, our camp that we're planning on doing. We've sort of put that. Yeah. It's like somewhere between three and eight weeks, yeah. you know? So for those thinking about where that kind of huge volume should come yeah. in, it sort of depends on how, <laughs> how, how much, uh, progression of volume you have to try to squeeze in. Yeah. But if you've got plenty of time, yeah, you're kind of looking in that. Yeah. And our camp's going to be scaled. So like the people who are in mega volume can do the mega volume. The people who are maybe don't need quite as much or aren't going or on a 70.3 maybe program can do a bit shorter day. Yeah. You know, everybody doesn't have to do a century and a, you know, three hour run, you know, it's going to be scaled with different routes and, yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, 
but again, camp is a, is a great way to, to do it. And they're well, fun. And during they're those, you're just fun. so focused on, all you have to focus on is getting your training in and getting your recovery in. Right. You know, you don't have to focus on it's like anything the, else. Uh, it's kind of like your time, make it happen, no excuses. And it's really easy to mentally get in a good mindset and, and knock out a huge training week. Yeah. Um, all right, so kind of moving forward here, costs. What could someone expect to have to, to fork over to yeah. the fine folks at Ironman? Yeah, well, it, you know, I will say um, Ironman events are the biggest production event you'll ever go to. Yep. Uh, they are fantastic in that respect. They, I mean, you will, you will, I've never been to another event where there's higher energy for as long as there is. I mm-hmm. mean, um, they just put on such a fantastic event and, um, you know, the logistics are great. They, they, you know, they always do really well with the courses, keeping the courses, uh, you know, clean and well stocked. And obviously they're dealing with, you know, hundreds and thousands of volunteers for the day. Um, and they managed to like, put all these people together, you know, to help the racers out. And there's always like, you know, whatever city they're in, they get the city involved and there's always a ton of people out on course. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. (laughs) Uh, But it's, it really is like uh, an amazing experience. And that's kind of, you know, where, where they shine. So um, in doing that, there's, it's not just a race. It's it's, a total uh, experience. There are some, incredible costs to closing down a city. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, entry fees for an Ironman, full Ironman range from seven, 800 bucks. If you get in early, get in earlier, they have them tiered now. So if you get in earlier, a little bit cheaper. Um, if you wait too long, they're a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the upfront big expense. They actually do it now where you can have a, do a payment plan on them and, and stuff like that. And you can always pay a little bit extra and get a deferral uh, program. So if for some reason you can't do it, then you can defer to another year or event or something like that. Um, then you, you just have to consider, obviously, if it's not in your town, lodging, travel to and from, um, you know, there's always coaching. Got to have a coach, right? Got to. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Um, And then, you know, equipment-wise, sometimes people put equipment into this category, but, you know, your equipment is kind of your investment in your sport, in your, you know, making this your lifestyle, making this your your activity for better health. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I don't necessarily throw the equipment in this category because it's just... it lasts longer than one race yeah. and you're, you know, exactly. Yeah. People blow money on equipment, whether they race or not. So oh, for sure. It's fun. <laughs> uh, so, you know, normally I would say like, I think the ones that I've done, um, I think I've been somewhere in the $2,500 all in, but I've never flown to one. Gotcha. I've always driven. Um, and then, um, you know, uh, that way I didn't have to necessarily ship the bike and mm-hmm. or fly with the bike and, and stuff like that. So, um, you can go, I mean, you could obviously, if it's in your town, it's an entry fee. Yeah. So when it's here in Memphis. Yeah. When it comes to Memphis. When it comes. <laughs> when it comes to Memphis, uh, you know, 
everybody jump on it because it'll be the cheapest Ironman you ever do. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually it's it's somewhere in that $2,500 all in. Like you can make it, you can double that pretty easily if you're obviously going to a harder place to get to. I yeah. mean, there's they're all yeah. over the world. So if you're going international, obviously it's going to get more expensive. Exactly. But, uh, North American Ironman, um, you know, Twenty five to thirty five hundred bucks, probably all in. Uh, Sweet. So last last thing here, tips uh, to this the the average Joe, average Jane on like how to make this a great experience. You know, from kind of start to finish. Yeah, you know, the last thing that we want, and the last thing that Ironman wants is you know, and we we talked to the regional director Keats yep. McGonagall. Shout out Keats. Keats. Uh, you know, that's the last thing they want is people to get into triathlon, do an Ironman and then disappear, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, we, we refer to the Ironman hangover all the time on the show, yep. you know, that's the last thing we want. So we want, you know, to have it, the first experience, especially, uh, to be really good experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so again, one of the main things you have to do is integrate your family not only into your training, but into the, the trip itself, into the day, um, and and help help them um, by bringing them into the logistics part of it, so they're not like left to fend for themselves while you're out on course for whatever nine to seventeen hours. Um, you know, if you're going to a city you've never been to, pick out things for your kids Activities, to do and yeah. and. and pick out the restaurants that you want to see and things you can do while, you know, it all goes down to that planning, planning ahead thing. Absolutely. You yeah. have to plan ahead. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like, if you like by getting your logistics done ahead of time, way ahead of time, you would not believe the anxiety it takes off of the actual training. Yeah. Um, because you know, you've got a place to stay, you know, you have your flights booked, you know, you get an idea of where you are going to eat while you're there you know, just having all that planned for you. Yeah. I mean. Your itinerary set, you yeah. know what to do, you know where to be. Absolutely. Stress is all for so sure. So bring your family into it. Get your lodging and your travel set like the day after you hit that, mm-hmm. you know, that submit button on the on the registration. Um, but like making sure that your family is understand. I can't say this enough. Like making sure that your family is is understanding of what you're doing on the front end and you have to tell, let them know why you want to do it yeah. like you you they have to be on in on your why if they're not then they won't understand it and then i mean I'm those weeks where you're gone for honest, six hours on a saturday knocking out your bike they're yeah gonna be wondering i mean to be perfectly honest i've had athletes who have coached through an ironman who who four or five weeks out they they there's they just say Look, after this race, I'm I'm done. Family's not into it, like too much time away and stuff like that. And I get it, like totally get it. Uh, you know, that's a big reason why I personally haven't done a long course race in several years. It's just work and, and family and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just, uh, it doesn't mesh right now, you know, could change if uh, Ironman Memphis happens. But, which, one are uh, we, uh, which one are we mad dogging? I don't know. We're huh? mad dogging cameras here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you you have to have the family on board. Um, 
other huge one is you cannot train solo all the time. Can't do it. You train yeah, we talk about specificity, right? Yeah. Now, <laughs> doing group rides all the time isn't the best training towards you know doing well in a triathlon. However, however, continue. you can, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if you never train with other people, it just gets so lonely. Like does, the yeah. training gets so lonely and so monotonous your risk of burnout is going to go way way up. through the roof yeah and part of the, be- the best part of being in triathlon and in endurance community and being a part of like the iron man family is like the other people involved like yep. that's like a great part of it and so if you just keep to yourself all the time you never r- ride or run with anybody and you never work out with anybody uh you'll get to that race and you'll still feel really lonely out on course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. you're going to, you're going to feel all alone. Like you're on there. an Island. Yeah. And there's some there. And then it never, I mean, these are obviously you're covering a lot of ground on these courses. There's always going to be spots on every course where there's nobody like you're going to, you're going to be alone for a while. So like, um, you know, you got to have kind of keep the social aspect in there whenever yep. possible. Um, join a team, get some buddies coming yep. with you. That's, you know, second, second big thing is don't go alone. Like yep. have a friend to train with that's doing the same event, you know, join a team, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's huge. The social part of makes, uh, an experience like this just elevates it a lot more. Um, another thing is just making sure that you dial in your nutrition and your hydration way before the event Uh, i can't stress that enough i've had people totally fit totally fit for an iron distance race and uh just had a terrible race and when you when you start digging through things didn't drink enough didn't eat enough yep and you know they were as fit as they've ever been but it doesn't matter because you're going so long that you have to continue to bring in calories and fluid and electrolytes. Um, you'll never make it. You'll, you'll probably bonk within. We always say, yeah, the key hours. to success in these long distance events is how you pace yourself, yep. listening to your body and fueling. Like if you can keep those two things on point throughout, yep. you're going to have a very strong chance of success. If you go out way too hard or if you get behind in your nutrition, yep. Uh, it's going to be a bad long day. That was kind of my next, my next point was pacing. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got to pace yourself. I mean, obviously like most of the time in an iron distance race, uh, the swim's pretty easy to pace. Um, but if you're like me or, or like yourself, you know, and the bike's kind of your strong suit, it's really easy to overshoot the first half of the bike mm-hmm. and pay for it later. Yep. Um, so you really have to work on your pacing and patience uh, in these races. Play the long game. Yeah. Playing the long game and knowing that when you get off that bike, you still have 26.2 miles to go. Yep. Um, and then some for some people, what's the run? They come out of, out of T2 like they're racing like a, a 5K yep. uh, because they pace the bike well, but then they blow themselves to bits, mm-hmm. you know, in the first part of the first part of the run and, so pacing, patient, be patient pacing. and manage, yeah. just manage your day. Um, you know, the, the last bit is, you know, another, obviously another shameless plug is shameless plug, get a coach, man. Cause, uh, 
they're there to answer all of the questions that you're going to have. You're going to have questions. If you if this is your first iron distance race, find a coach and they will answer all your questions. Save your time on, you know, uh, Googling, you know, and getting answers from people who may or may not know what they're talking about. Uh, you know, sit down for 30 minutes or an hour with a coach who knows what they're talking about maybe hopefully has maybe been there before. Uh, and then, you know, they can answer all of those questions in an hour, whereas you'd spend, you know, whatever, 10, 12, 15 or more hours Googling, mm-hmm. reading a hundred different responses. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and that way as well, when you do have that week that you get sick, that's five weeks out. Yeah. You don't have to like go crazy. You know, you can talk with your coach about how to restructure your plan and work around it. There's going to be stuff that happens, things that come up and having a coach that's able to kind of help you and and manipulate your program as best as possible with your situation is super valuable. That's really like, there's some decent one-off programs, cookie cutter programs out there, training plans out there. There's some decent ones and a lot of them do work for new, mm-hmm. new first time athletes. But what happens is life. And when life creeps in and you can't, especially when you get toward those mega volume weeks and something happens, you just can't get in certain things. You're on your own to make that work. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of new triathletes make poor decisions there. Mm -hmm. And they either try to just stuff everything into the weekend or, uh, you know, move things around too close together and they end up hurting themselves. Yep. So by having a coach, that person can move those things around for you and intelligently rework not only that week, but if it needs to be done the next several weeks yep. so that you're going to get the quality and the, and the duration of, of exercise that you need to finish this race and not yep. have to crawl across the finish line. The big thing, really what we're trying to do here is we don't want to waste our finish line photo. I was going to say, yeah. That is if the you're going to be crawling across the finish do. line, uh, at least make it super dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Army crawl it. All right, number one thing. What would you say the number one thing for success or failure in making it through an Ironman would be? Don't miss the long stuff. If you... uh if you're wanting to do an event that's going to take you somewhere between 9 and 17 hours, you will not physically do that much time in one single day. Mm-hmm. Um, so by if you miss the long stuff, you're missing that buildup of accumulated fatigue over several weeks that's going to simulate that one day. Yep. So don't miss the long stuff. Excellent. All right, crew. Hopefully uh, that that gives you some great tips on kind of how training looks like, what costs associated with with an Ironman are, um, how to integrate family uh, into this whole thing to make sure you have the most successful day you can. Yeah. Uh, I think that's how we got. You know, hopefully we've brought it into light to where, you know, you do think it's possible. We we try to convince, like we, we tell everybody, you, if you have the, if you can uh, put out the time, if we look at it and you have the available training time to do it, um, then you can do it. Yep. Like 
the 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 problem is people get into it don't really have or aren't willing to give that available training time and then it yeah, that's kind of so where well. that that whole thing when I was saying sacrifice. I mean, you yeah. you are going to have to sacrifice there are something, s- maybe a different hobby you like, yeah. or maybe it might be some sleep, or it may yeah. be, I mean, some stuff. Your Game of Thrones addiction. Your Game of Thrones addiction. Yeah, I and mean, there may be stuff that you're going to have to sacrifice in order to spare an extra eight hours of training time in a week. So yeah, but if you're prepared to do that, you know, we anybody, you can get to that finish line. Anybody can do one. Yep, for sure. Cool. Well, if you got questions, post them up. Otherwise, yeah, appreciate you guys hanging out, watching, listening, and we will catch you guys next week. Iron Man Memphis. Bring it. <laughs> Adios. Peace.